0: You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call, as today your Indiana Hoosiers once again survive for a victory. Like, all we have so far this season are kind of exhale victories, like... Whew. Okay, we got that one, but to Indiana's credit, they did it again, winning 74-66 in a game that they were favored to win, uh, and boy, it was you know, nip and tuck there in the second half. Louisville goes on a big early run, then Indiana storms back, then Louisville comes back, but fortunately, the final run was Indiana's. The Hoosiers win by eight, move to four and one on the season, uh, and get something positive out of their experience in New York, which... For a few minutes there in the second half, didn't look like it was going to happen. But credit these Indiana Hoosiers. You know, there were obviously sequences of bad basketball during this game. We're going to talk about all that, the positives and the negatives. But this was an essential game for Indiana to win. And at the end of the day, that is the most important thing that comes out of today is Indiana gets the win, and I think some real things to build on as they move forward here in the season. I'm your host, Jared Morris, here with the coach, Brian Tonsoni. Uh, we may by join, be joined by some other people later on, uh, but either way, we will break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game show. And let's start this show the way that we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And I'm going to go back to... You know, that time in the second half where things were looking a little bit bleak and Indiana was down 62 to 59. They had started to make a comeback. I think Louisville's biggest lead was 58 to 51. Indiana started chipping away by going back to their bread and butter, which was playing inside through Malik Renew, who, you know, got into foul trouble, couldn't get into a groove. But when his team needed him late. Malik was able to come through, and we'll talk about the big defensive adjustment later. But on this particular possession, Malik had it on the left block and he sailed a pass to Caleb Banks that looked like it was going to go out of bounds until Caleb Banks turned into Donovan McCulley, skied to catch the ball, and not only did he catch it, but while coming down with the ball, threw it to Xavier Johnson, who because Caleb was able to make that pass, was able to speed by his man, get into the lane, found Khalel Ware for an alley-oop, which Kalel wasn't able to convert, but he got the rebound, got fouled, went to the free throw line, and I just thought that play was indicative of so many of the reasons why Indiana was able to come back. Number one, just getting Malik Renew out there because the offense always functions better when Malik is on the court. This team is just better when Malik was on the court. But that play by Caleb Banks was indicative of about 10 hustle plays, whether it was catching that pass to save the possession, getting an offensive rebound, getting a defensive rebound, being a free safety and getting a steal. Caleb Banks was all over the place and his activity And energy created so many possessions for this Indiana team that they need, as we talked about. This is not a team that gets extra efficiency from the three-point line. Once again today, one of eleven from downtown. They've got to find ways to create extra possessions, increase that shot volume. And Caleb Banks was almost just a single-handed, uh, you know, guy saving and creating possessions for Indiana. Um, you know, obviously it was the entire team that came together there late, but you know Malik's ability on offense to be both a scorer and a facilitator, and Caleb Banks' ability to just go out and create havoc and save possessions were huge for Indiana down the stretch. That play was big. Obviously cut it to one. Indiana would take the lead soon thereafter and not relinquish it. Um, But we'll keep talking about everything that led to Indiana's comeback here as we move through this show. But awesome play down the stretch from Malik and just a ton of great, great plays from Caleb Banks, who finally seems healthy. You know, he had that groin injury, has kind of struggled to get going. This may be his coming out party for his sophomore season. All right, that is our banner moment. Now let's talk about our presenting sponsor. Yep, our Banner Moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, now in their seventh season of sponsoring the Assembly Call, and their third as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. And as you know, Homefield has the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you will find anywhere with so many just awesome, unique logos from the past that they've brought back out, and they put them on comfortable clothing that lasts through many washings and is for all seasons because you can get T-shirts, you can get crew necks, you can get hoodies, Whatever you're shopping for, there's even bomber jackets and hats now. So whatever you're shopping for, Home Field has it. And the reason why they're such a great option for Christmas, as you start thinking about your Christmas shopping, is because they have something for everybody. Obviously, if there are IU fans on your list, that's the place that you want to go for IU fans, but they've got almost every college and university that you can think of there, on their website and so you can go scroll through look at all the fun interesting designs with the stories because they tell all the stories there uh, on uh, the product pages it's just great so go to homefieldapparel.com use our promo code home23 to get 15% off but as veteran home field shoppers know, you should always check Twitter. You should always check your email because they do flash sales. And right now, they have a Black Friday sale going on where if you use the promo code Black Friday, you get 20% off everything. Even if you've used a promo code before, you can save with the Black Friday code. So go to homefieldapparel.com, use that promo code Black Friday, get 20% off. Again, homefieldapparel.com, wear one for the team. Okay, well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. Coach, over to you. It's Tonsoni time. What's on your mind after this Indiana victory? Man, I, I'm still <laughs> glad I have some of those nitroglycerin
1: pills from my heart issue uh, because Indiana in the second you're gonna half, you started, year, man. <laughs> you're going to need them this year. Um, you know, it, it, Indiana's 4-1, and one and they haven't played good basketball. Let let that sink in. It's much better than the alternative of not playing good basketball and, and having more losses. And a and, and win is something to celebrate. Winning is always, always tough. None of us, the fans, the people listening, we can project what the record's going to be. Obviously, this team has a ton of things that they need to work on. But credit to the, to the young men for staying with the fight. Credit to the coaching staff for making a huge adjustment of the zone defense, which won the game. Um, and might be something to think about and discuss uh, later on the show about if the big lineup is needed, uh, maybe some zone uh, a little bit more. And I know that's kind of tough for Indiana fans and, and an old man-to-man coach to kind of say, but I like winning. Uh, and we weren't winning that game. I do think they made some nice adjustments to start the game. They were staying close to Louisville's three-point shooters, which allowed the drives. So, again, when, when you pick a strategy, you're going to give up something there. I thought uh, that was good. Uh, our offense is just a, a struggle at, at times, but we found it at the right time. So, you know, it's four and one. You got a long week off now, five days or so until you play Harvard, and then another five or so days until you get to the Big Ten play. And this team has a lot to work on individually, individually, the coaching staff has some decisions to make, the players, and we'll address all of those. But, man, it's much better sitting here talking to you, Jared, on this Monday before Thanksgiving with a win uh, because that was a devastating loss uh, as far as any chances uh, probably to to have the season we wanted because that's going to – well, Louisville played well last night, but it could be one of those where, man, the Big Ten's struggling this year, so where are the quality wins? you got you got to avoid some bad – bad loss this has the potential to be a bad loss we got rid of that deep breath go back to practice get to work and uh, and find a way to get better because we're going to
0: have to in a hurry yeah, well, and we want to be a BA quality win. <laughs> you know, so we need to win <laughs> yeah. we need to win games like this and just make sure that we are that we maintain our status as a quality win right now. No, you're right, coach. It, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, I get you know how bad Louisville has been and how bad they were early in the season. And some people might look at the eight point victory and how up and down it was and how close it was in the second half and come away disappointed. And I think it's perfectly fair to come away disappointed with some of the stretches of basketball and maybe more than disappointed concerned, you know, you can be happy with a win, celebrate a win, let's enjoy it, but still be concerned about what some of these things mean for the future. You know? And so as we talk about some of those things today, it doesn't, it's not intended to take away from the victory, but it is intended to just try and give a sober look at the kind of basketball we saw, you know, and I think the first big storyline for me coach is coming out of that game against UConn, you know, Mike Woodson has harped on rebounding now for a few weeks, and it once again didn't happen against UConn. And he specifically called out Xavier Johnson and Trey Galloway as he has before, that they need to rebound more, and they didn't do it against UConn. And I got to tell you, I started to get a little bit concerned like, what is going on here that this message doesn't seem to be getting through to the two senior leaders? What does that suggest for the other messages he's trying to send? You know, and Mike Woodson talked about how, you know, the assist number and the ball sharing just wasn't good enough. And so I think, you know, what I, come away from this game most encouraged about is those keys happened today you know the rebounding got had a little bit of leakage there in the second half but for the most part it was very good and the one thing louisville has done all season long is they've been a good offensive rebounding team and yes you know indiana ended up giving up what eight total offensive rebounds to them but it's obviously you know three of those were team rebounds but that's much better than what it's been you know and the offense did struggle at times but Indiana ends up finishing with 18 assists on 24 made field goals. You know, so when they did score, they were sharing the ball. To me, the biggest exhale is, okay, coach, team, they're still on the same page here. Because, I, I mean, i got to be honest, I was getting a little bit concerned with some of the things we were seeing. Like, why is this such a struggle? Why does Coach Woodson seem to be having a tough time getting through to these guys? Now, still lots of improvements to make. I just feel a little bit relieved that some of those keys, it really looked like the guys were focusing on that out on the court. And that hasn't really been something I've seen the last couple of games.
1: Yeah, it, I think it's Caleb Banks with eight rebounds. Um, but I, was I, I think he came in and he set set the tone. I still think X misses some blockouts. Uh, no. at times and, and he got four, which was a lot better than one. So you had four for X and four for Trey and that you start seeing some, some rebounding there and just that slight improvement is enough uh, yeah. to get you into a, a good position to to win a basketball game. It still has to be a point of emphasis though. Uh, but I, I just give Caleb Banks, um, a lot of. Uh, Credit for his effort on the boards. Uh, And I thought everyone was trying. You know, Mbaka only got one, but it was a strong ripped rebound. Uh, Gabe Cups was in there. So, uh, you know, it took a while, but I think they uh, found at least the desire to pursue the basketball. I think the technique of being a little more physical. And here's the other thing I, I do think it's scheme, Jared. They were staying closer to their players. I didn't see as much switching. The the ball screen stuff, we got to figure out what they're trying to do with the ball screen. They're not hedging it. They're not trapping it. They have to switch one-on-five sometimes. But when they were at the elbow, they were stunting – a, a little bit they did uh, the only time I saw the old defense was in once went to the ball and they double teamed the ball at the nail yeah and, and, and I think he that was a mistake on his part but they weren't doing that collectively so they're closer to three point shots and when a shot goes up you're a little bit closer and have more room to go rebound uh, we yeah. talked about is it the blow-bys in the community is it the switching and not knowing where people were I, I just give credit to that slight adjustment and probably a little bit of You know, paint yelling or paint chipping conversation in the locker room, but absolutely the rebounding was was a lot better, and that was a key. I thought also going to the offensive glass at times. I don't think we got a lot out of it, but we were active enough, um, you know, to kind of slow down. And when we weren't, that's when the transition game and that ugly run when we got down seven. A transition we got out of um, out of our good transition defense because we weren't attacking the offensive rebounds. So a much improved. But, again, that's still a concern because
0: you got to do it consistently. You can't just have a one, one-off yep.
1: good effort if you want to win basketball games.
0: No, you're right. Definitely still a concern, but good progress for one game. The other thing, Coach, you know, and this was obvious watching the game, and it's especially obvious looking at the box score. You know, this was truly a team win. You know, in the first half, the second unit came in and really picked the team up. You know, and played well and built a lead. Anthony Walker was terrific. Peyton Sparks, you know, really provided uh, some toughness on the glass and some scoring. Uh, And those guys then in the second half weren't quite as effective. But you got the starters back in there toward the end, like we talked about with Malik Renew. I thought Xavier Johnson played better toward the end. And so it was really a full team victory where. I don't think there's really any player that you can say put together like a good full game because they all had stretches where they weren't effective. Outside of maybe Caleb, who I thought for almost the entire time he was out there was solid, but he's a role player. You know, he's not asked to do a ton and he played his role very well. But I just thought it was nice to see everybody pick each other up. And some of the depth that we've talked about, we haven't seen it in a lot of games. And I thought today that depth really came through and was a huge part of Indiana, you know, being able to win the game. Because even though the starters closed it out, you know, you think back to what that first half might have been, you know, that lead was basically built by the bench coming in and, and and providing a spark. And so that was finally nice to see, you know, everybody contributing on the same night.
1: Yeah, I, I thought the second unit finally showed some things we were questioning, you know, do they need to still play 10 with some of the... Performances of the first four four games, and that goes to show that uh, you need to have patience as fans too. Four games is such a small sample size to to make an answer about you know this guy shouldn't play at all. We all guilty of it. Uh, hopefully, we keep it a lot behind the scenes and not on social media. But there was some questions about some of those bench players and their production, and I thought they came in and did some things. I, I think they did well in the second half too. Well, at the very beginning, they were running really good stuff. It was intermixed, though. Uh, I think the problem comes when you have that whole second unit, and I think coach went a little too long with them. And I thought they got gassed, and they they started, you know, making some mistakes offensively, and then they weren't getting back in transition, and that's when our lead was erased and got momentum back to Louisville, I think they went a little too long. And and maybe they had to because of foul trouble. You wanted to squeeze as many minutes out as possible before you get your starters back in there. But I think the bench players need to go in short bursts uh, because that's when they're good. Sparks is a heck of an energy guy. Walker played like we wanted Walker to play tonight. Um, but I don't know that they can get extended minutes. Um One, because your best players are off the floor a a little bit. And then I think they got gassed. So, uh, But, yes, that was a huge uh, part. And then kudos to the starters coming back. I thought X was really, really bad until the last five or six minutes. Uh, And then I thought uh, Renew struggled because of foul trouble. And then he he won the game because he was unstoppable. Uh, And and I thought it was really good to go back to him every possession down the stretch. So, yes, total team effort uh, tonight. Uh, Again, when – when one person struggles, it's good to have another one uh, pick them up. We just have not had more than two or three players play a, a, a complete game or a decent game at one time, yet that's a negative. But it's also like, what's it going to look like when everyone's clicking on all cylinders and how soon can Indiana get there uh, if they can?
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's important. You know, It was funny reading the YouTube comments after the UConn show because there are a lot of people that thought we were too negative. You know, and it's like, look, I think there, there's a couple different ways to look at this. You know, one is the team has not been playing well on a per possession basis right now. It just hasn't been great basketball on balance. As you said, They're still four and one, though, and that's good. But the question is, you know, does what what you've seen through five games drastically change what you think this team can be? I think there are some reasons, you know, for it to maybe change it a little bit. But I still have a lot of faith in what this team can be. You know, and so I think you can analyze a team where it's at, what it's struggling with, what it is right now, still with an eye to the future and feel like the team still has a lot of room to grow. And I do feel like this team still has a lot of room to grow for a lot of the reasons that you said. You know, it's been hard to get guys in sync and you hope that as December passes and January passes and these pieces that are in new roles, they start to get comfortable in those roles and are able to play better in them. And I thought we saw little signs of growth in that today, even though guys struggled throughout the game it seemed like there were more times of guys kind of feeling a comfort level in their role. And that's important, you know, to track moving forward. Coaches, one other the you know, I want to talk about in this segment that you mentioned with the defense. You know, I, I looked up some numbers earlier today, and I know it's early in a small sample size, but this team, every single lineup number you look at, this team is so much better with Malik Renew on the court. And he has done a better job so far this season of staying out of foul trouble, but he's kind of reverted back a little bit. He fouled out in the UConn game four fouls today were a couple of the fouls questionable. Yes. But the other thing is Malik is just kind of a big guy and when he's, you know, guarding out there on the perimeter, sometimes he gets a little bit off balance, reaches in at awkward times and he gets called for that foul. And one of the, you know, and that's been a problem. And one of the things that you may see if Indiana adjusts its defense just a little bit so you're not getting him as often matched up on guys out on the perimeter is maybe you can avoid some of those fouls and keep him on the court. Because I do think you have to think a little bit about that with what you want to do defensively. He's too important. And so I think making defensive adjustments that help keep him out of foul situations that he's still prone to is going to be really important because the offense just doesn't function with him off the court for any consistent level of time. And so you know, that adjustment obviously helped him stay on the court uh, here today. And the same thing with, you know, with Khalil. Um, so that, I think, can be another benefit of trying to make some subtle adjustments there. Because this team has to have him on the court.
1: Yeah, and if you're if you know if you're going to play man to man, get him on the four and keep him on the four instead of the switching stuff. Maybe I I like the switching. I thought it was aggressive early when we saw it, but I think the rebounding, the fouling, the mismatches have just shown in these first five games that this game, team might not be able to do as much. And I didn't think they did it tonight. Um, and, and, you know, as much as I don't like the zone, uh, if you want to play those two bigs together, which we probably have to, the other thing is Jared is, uh, both of those guys are better with at the basket. Well, maybe Ware's better outside, to be honest with you. Um, but maybe play, don't play them together as much or play them like you do point guards. You always have a point guard on the floor. Even if you have two guards, you're going to leave Galloway and X out there at one time, you know, have a... That four or five to start and then stagger them. Yes. Um, that's that's one of the concerns I have. It it looks like right now that there are definitive subs. You know, when when Ware needs to come out, it's going to be Sparks. So when Trey comes out, it's going to be I I I I see that and I understand that, but I think there's some combinations that that keeps off the floor um and, and and maybe that's a first half thing and then I saw some different combinations in the second half I'd have to go uh, look at, at the lineups but I think it's okay to have renew as the five and Walker as the four that lineup was out there in the second half uh Walker's more of a of an athletic four and we all have heard from Rob Cassidy to national guys that Mbako might be better uh to play at, at the four for banks uh, we just have <laughs> I mean, at banks even too right <laughs> so you know those are some things that Coach Woodson's aware of. He's not not aware of those things, you know, uh that that you just wonder if, you know, those adjustments are better to help keep people out of foul trouble and maximize the offense. But you have to have Renew out there. He's the go-to guy, and he's better at in the lane. And then you have a seven-two guy. So it's gonna be interesting to see when you get playing better teams than than Louisville, uh, what what what's gonna happen with the lineup, the defenses. Uh, all of that needs to be in, in consideration because we cannot continue to play the way we played in the first five games and expect to to be a contender in the Big Ten or a tournament team. Uh, that's four and one. Be darned! This has not been a good start to the season, and, and I'm not doom and gloom. You know, I'm not saying get rid of the guys and this and that. I'm just being honest as a coach watching that. It's not good basketball in its entirety. Small buckets, small pieces, small guys in certain games have shown that, which does give you some hope that you could pop it all together. But it hasn't, been, it hasn't been a good start for the Indiana Hoosiers as far as tactical, you know, fundamental basketball.
0: No, this has not been an NCAA tournament team through five games. Doesn't mean that it can't become no. one. You know, and earn Correct. the wins that it needs to get there. And I still certainly think it will. And again, I thought we saw some adjustments today that were good signs moving forward. You know, Woody, I think one of the, the the themes that we've talked about a lot with Coach Woodson over his first three seasons is he can be slow to make adjustments, but a lot of times the adjustments are the right ones. You know? And so that's, that's kind of been his history. Not always on the offensive side, um, but we've seen when he does make adjustments, they have tended to work. And so, you know, we'll see if... You know, what happened today is is a sign of things to come. Coach, we have to talk about the backcourt. Oh, no, go ahead if you have yeah. a point on that. I, I was just going
1: to say, you know, as a coach, you look and you, and you wonder, but I want Coach Woodson to have his thumb more on the program. I think he trusts his players a little too much. And, and it's not a negative towards the players. They're just college kids. You can yeah. trust your pro athletes. They're getting paid on the millions of dollars. And if they don't do it, you can cut them. Um, I think he needs, when, when he comes out of a timeout, we run good stuff for the most part. When we come out of halftime and the start, they have scripted some plays or have some plays calls. I thought the first six minutes of the second half was really fun offense. There was a couple of things I said, 1445, they ran a great set and then they followed up at 1338. There was some really good things. I would like to see him lead the offense from the sidelines instead of trusting X. I I don't have anything wrong with X, but I don't think he calls the game as an offensive coordinator like the head coach does. So uh, it showed today in the adjustments that when he is in control, he's better than a lot of us think he is. Uh, And so I would encourage him, like, just have a guy on the bench call the actions offensively and make some adjustments defensively because he knows what he's doing. But don't be slow to those uh, changes. Don't be uh, so stuck on your – ways and trusting the players you can still be a player's coach um, but I I thought he did a lot of good things on the sidelines today and I thought there still were some things that that need to be uh, addressed
0: going forward we'll talk about Trey coming up in meaningful moments um, but we got to talk about Indiana's backcourt I had a really hard time going through this game assessing the play of X as you probably saw from some of my posts in our discord you know I think it's it's You know, after the the fall that he took, and it, you know, obviously it looked like he had quite the injury there, um, in the Wright State game. It was great to just see him out there. You know, and he's been able to play. He played 31 minutes tonight. Played a lot last night. You know, we have no idea how much he is injured, but I do want to leave some space for the fact that that may be affecting him out there. With that said, I found myself thinking at times today that X was doing more complaining than he was competing. Now, I don't know if that's fair. That's just a visceral reaction that I got. And I think, to your point, toward the end of the game, he picked that up. And his ability to get to the free-throw line and make some really good decisions with the basketball were a big reason why Indiana won this game. But he is a sixth-year senior. This is his program. He's got to be better throughout the game. You know, and, he, and he, you know, even if the ankle is affecting him, that doesn't mean that he needs to constantly be showing, you know, acting for the officials and doing some of that stuff. I mean... I kind of felt like he had curtailed some of that from when he first came to IU. And now this seems to be about as much as we've ever seen him do it. And it just feels like a guy who isn't fully focused on the right things when he's out there on the court sometimes right now. And with X, we know he was a slow starter his first season. He was kind of up and down last year. you know, And so he seems to be a guy who it may take some time to get into the season. But he was more up and down and inconsistent today than Indiana can typically afford against a good opponent. You know, credit to Louisville for playing better against Texas and having good stretches today. They're not a good team. And for Indiana to beat good teams, we need X to be better. Um, You know, and so hopefully what we saw there toward the end of the game, you know, with him kind of, you know, refocusing and getting himself right and leading the team to, to the win is a good sign. You know, but everybody who watches this show knows I've been his biggest defender. And I found myself a little frustrated by what I was seeing at times today. Um, you know and so I think he he needs to get better here as we move through the season. that's one of the most important elements for this team because it's going to be very hard for this team to be consistent if he's this inconsistent. so I know you may disagree with me and think that's unfair and again leaving space for the ankle and all you know the other things that he may be going through, I just think we need more consistent leadership in body language play all of it from him than what he provided today. X hasn't played uh, the basketball
1: we need him to play he's he hasn't been good. From an X and O standpoint, he's scoring uh, because he has those opportunities. Uh, But his body language was really bad today, Uh, disappointing bad uh, for a six-year guy. Uh, The play at the end of the half, uh, we we have a chance to go up 10. I think it was an aggressive mistake. It wasn't a horrible mistake. But then they come down and hit a three, and he's shrugging his shoulders. You know, if you're going to call out teammates in a post-game interview for being soft, and then you do that when you make a mistake – that stuff causes problems in the leader in the locker room, because I sure if, if I was called out for being soft and then I see my captain doing that kind of stuff and arguing with officials, you know, when we get on that team bus, I'm going to say something. And that's not healthy to have that kind of conversation going on. You, you know, there's, there's too much complaining about every call, like get down in the stance. And if you're not, because if it's an ankle, let your coach know. Right. But yeah. You mentioned that early. And then the next time he got down in the stance, locked the guy up in ice and iced him there. So it showed so that he, he could do it. Do it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So he
1: could do it. Like, yes. this team will be better if X can lead and X can play. He hasn't done it yet. The ball sticks, the ball dribbles. He gets bailed out on fouls because he's really good at drawing fouls. So give him credit on that. But there are times he goes in that lane. If he doesn't get a whistle, you know, he did one dipsy do air ball layup. That's not good offense. Um, yeah. You know, the free throws down the stretch. And his running the offense down the stretch, fantastic. 35 minutes, not good. Five minutes, good. Um, and, and that's got to get straightened out because our whole backcourt's not very good right now. And uh, in, in our offense gets starts at the 15, 16 second mark of the shot clock. And I think that's a lot of times when the double team comes late on Renew. Man, then, then we hustle and we don't get, we don't get good actions. And that's, that's some of the things that have to get cleaned up. We're 4-1. But it's not the team. It, it, it's not close to a tournament team, in my opinion, right now. It's not fun to watch e- either because it's just so helter-skelter. We've won games, but it's it's just not, you know, uh, good basketball. But I don't want to be so negative either that there's not a chance to fix it. You know, get, get in a gym and go fix it, guys. And you have enough talent that if you do pay attention to all those details, then, then there should be some better basketball uh, with, you know, 26 games left.
0: No, we believe in the talent. I still believe in X. I still think he can be an all-Big Ten point guard. Oh, absolutely. That's who he is when he's playing well. My disappointment is just seeing him revert back into some old habits that I kind of thought we were past. And so, I want you know, he set the standard for me that he's going to compete all the time. And I haven't seen that from him defensively this season. And it's just disappointing. I think he can be better, and I hope that he will be. Because if he is, he changes what this team can be. Um, All right, make sure... That you go to our Substack, AssemblyCall.substack.com. Anybody who's paying attention today, there's a very short gap between the Yukon and the Louisville game, and we got four pieces of new content out. From Emma's post-game, three, two, one. Tony had two IU film rooms. I went inside the numbers on rebounding. Look, we're obsessed with IU basketball and trying to cover it from a lot of different angles, and we'd love to have you join us there. So assemblycall.substack.com. There's a ton of stuff for our free subscribers, also some extra stuff for premium folks that we certainly hope uh, makes the price of the uh, subscription well worth it. Go to assemblycall.substack.com to get on there. All right, Coach, coming up, we continue our breakdown of Indiana's victory over Louisville. We'll point out today's meaningful moments you might have missed, and then we'll go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. You're listening to The Assembly Call. Stick with us.
2: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing.
1: Hi, this is A.J. Moyer. What's the only thing better than upsetting Duke in the Sweet 16? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach for the assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. How do
0: you like that intro, Jay Williams? All right, you are listening to the assembly call. <laughs> I'm Jared Morris here with Coach Brian Tonsoni. We are breaking down Indiana's eight-point victory over the Louisville Cardinals today. And it's the top of segment two, so you know what what uh, you know what time it is.
2: Meaningful moments
0: that you might have. Yes, this segment brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience IU athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans. To learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans, visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org, and I would go there soon because they have an awesome raffle that they're doing right now, where you can basically like win this awesome weekend in Bloomington. So go to Hoosierticketproject.org Not only can you become part of that raffle, but you can help create meaningful moments for other IU fans. So it's a win-win all around. All right, coach meaningful moment. I'm going all the way back to the first half before the first media timeout, you know, Any basketball game, you're trying to figure out for a particular team, how's the basketball math going to work, right? And if you're not going to score from three-point range, if you're not going to get a lot of second-chance points because you don't offensive rebound a lot, you've got to find points somewhere. For this team, Coach Woodson has talked about it, that formula is in transition, supposed to be in transition. Unfortunately, this Indiana team through five games has been very, very bad at converting transition opportunities. And even just before the first media timeout, Trey Galloway had two transition opportunities that he just flubbed. You know, he blew a layup that was very makeable, and then he had a three-on-one break. Uh, Looked like he just made the choice to pass it a little bit late, and the pass was fumbled out of bounds. That's four points Indiana should have had and four points that Indiana needs. We're just not doing enough in the half court and from three to be able to handle missing those. So I want to get your thoughts on that, but it also, to me, brings up a larger point about Trey Galloway's offensive production which, you know, he came out that first game against Florida Gulf Coast, led Indiana in scoring with 16 points, which was terrific, you know, and even against UConn, I think he had, you know, 10 points. It wasn't great, but he found a way to produce. Today for Trey, two points, one of seven from the field, 0 for four from downtown. And there was a play late in the second half where he got the ball at, you know, someone threw him a pass on the wing. He was open to shoot and he had missed those four. He didn't shoot it and he ends up trying to drive, but travels instead and turns it over. And so what we're seeing right now to me with Trey is a guy who's a little bit in between being a role player energy guy and being a guy who's counted on for production, you know, and he's taken some of those threes. I was fine with all four of those. They were all open shots. They're shots he needs to take, but he seems to be second guessing himself a little bit and slow to make decisions. I think you see it in transition. You see it on some of those half court turnovers. He finished with three turnovers. So you're always going to get that competitive fire from Trey you know, I thought he overall played a good game, but as a scorer and as a facilitator in transition, he wasn't very good. And the the sad part is the way this team is constructed, he does have to be good in those areas. So your thoughts on transition and Trey's offense?
1: Yeah, I, I think Indiana is going to be better if they're in transition, but that starts with good defense and getting some steals and getting some rebounds. You know, so that's why... Indiana hasn't been real good in transition coming into the game. And I thought the opportunities they have, they got to score in, in those. Or or if not, at score at a high percentage. I honestly think that both of these guards are trying way too hard. I said it on the show last night. I've said it before. It's a good problem to have because you can back them down a little bit than people who are just nonchalant and don't care. I think both X and Trey care a lot, and they're thrust into main roles main leadership roles that they didn't have to have. And they're searching for the right mix of how to do all that, which slows them down decision-making or speeds them up in trying to do too much, the jump in the air, wrap around, bounce pass in the lane, passes that Trey makes. He could be fundamentally more sound on those. It's a good move to get into that position. He's got to finish with a fundamental pass that'll lead to a basket instead of uh, a fancy thing that gets turned over because those opportunities could cost you a ball game uh, in in close ball games in the Big Ten, and he's capable of doing that. So yes, I think uh, you know we just need so much more from from the backcourt, and they just need to do their jobs. And, and I, I just it just. I've been around the game a long time, and you just know when kids really want to do that extra from what they did last year, and they're yeah. just trying to figure out their role as well. And what their role should be is play your game. Take care of your business. Let, you know, Mbako and Khalil and all those other guys take care of their business too. So I think this is a um, a negative out of over carrying and over trying and just trying to do too much from, from our, our guards in transition in the half court in defensive switching. And that hopefully will be resolved sooner than later.
0: Well, and again, it's another one of those areas for growth. Now, it could just be that that's how this season goes and they struggle in that role. You know, we saw in the 2014 season, right? You know, we saw Yogi thrust into a leadership role as a sophomore that he wasn't ready for. You know, Will Sheehy wasn't ready to be kind of a, you know, a second banana offensive guy. Noah Vonley was productive, but, you know, it just seemed like there were kind of chemistry issues. And that season just never came together, even though it seemed like there were parts and pieces there to create a better team. That is a possibility with this team. Like, there's no guarantee that these things get fixed. But I think as we sit here on November 20th, you know, when you have guys like, like X and Trey who have the track records that they have of being competitors and being guys who bring it every game. And, you know, Trey has has had his moments where he's been able to produce. And honestly, Coach, I think the best thing that could happen for Trey Galloway is McKenzie and Baco's offense coming around. Is C.J. Gunn yes. becoming an actual consistent shooter? Because now there's less pressure on Trey – to to be a go-to score and he can pick his spots he's always been more effective when he can pick his spots we just don't have the luxury for that right now because he has to score so you know I, I agree with you and it's it's something to watch as we go forward it's certainly not a criticism of him for not trying you're going to get an honest right. effort from him every time he's on the court um, I think there I think there was a reason why he was a team high plus 13 in 32 minutes today despite scoring two points You know, I thought he did a lot of winning things, especially defensively throughout the game. It's just that big hole that we've all known is there in the shooting guard position, you know, a scoring wing. Who is that guy going to be? And right now, no one has stepped up. You know, you saw a little flashes from CJ against UConn. I thought Mbako played a little better today. But at the end of the day, you know, those guys still were 0 for 3 from downtown and produced 10 total points. And until then, you know, where's that that scoring slack? Who's going to pick that scoring slack up? So it's a big lingering question for this team as we move forward. What other moments – you know, you mentioned – I loved the play at the start of the second half where they ran Mbaco off that little pin-down screen and he came up and hit that mid-range jumper. Love it when Coach Woodson makes it his job to get Mbaco shots, um, which is awesome. What other moments stood out to you? Well, I – I made a comment, too. I think our zone
1: offense is ahead of our man-to-man offense. Uh, You know, the few times that uh, Louisville pressed and fell back into a 3-2 zone, we recognized it quicker tonight uh, and got into it. And and one was an Anthony Walker uh, catch and mid-range shot in the middle of the lane. Um, But the two or three times that they played zone defense, I thought we attacked it and scored and got fouled. So I think that's a plus. I, I like the fact that we recognized it easier Uh, earlier than sometimes we start running our man-to-man stuff and then we pull back out again uh, and realize that it was zoned. So that was something um, that, that I think is important too. And that first set for Embaco was good too. And um, they, they ran a couple of really nice things at the middle uh, of that first uh, half. Well, the 1445 mark to go up 4639 um, and then they had a good horn set uh, where they ran some some fake curls and then they ran the bigs back up into horns and then it was going to be a a, yeah. a stagger or a, a staggered double to bring Embaco back out uh, after he had cut. I, I just that is the creative offense that I've been longing for Coach Woodson to get into his NBA playbook and 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 move people. He keeps saying move people and move the ball and, and we do a lot of middle ball screen, a lot of post up, and we need to to win the game. But we need more creativity. I thought that was really good. That first five or six minutes offensively, but watch for those little sets where the guards cut around the post, and then there's some other action off of that. You know, it it is good because it moves the defense away uh, from their set help lines, and you need a, enough variety of that. So when you do want to go to uh, renew, you can later on. They haven't been playing that way way the whole game. I, I thought that was. Um, really good i thought uh, Mbako was playing hard and then in that run he he went to double a dribbler then he got a uh, slow in transition defense and then his guy back cut him like three straight possessions defensively uh in that run where they erased our seven point lead and took a seven point lead i thought at the start of that and then you you didn't see him play after that i think coach woodson pulled him out and we we just need him to get going um but that's probably why Mbako who hit a shot and was more active offensively, had a steal, had a good rebound, but why he probably did not play in the last few minutes uh, because of that responsibility to defense.
0: And I think that's fair. I don't think i is ready to close out games, but I do think today was an important step for him. I thought it was really unfortunate that he got two fouls early. Because I thought he was playing really well, was really engaged, you know, in the game. You saw a little, you know, passing creativity, you know, with him, you know, able to draw a double team and then, you know, dump it down to Kolel Ware. He had three assists, and all three of the threes that he took, I thought the last one that he took was a little bit quick. You know, the defender just made one in his face, and it looked like he was hunting a shot a little bit. I still don't really mind it because he's a really good No, shooter. not at all. So I'll take it, and I like the competitiveness. So again, I'm not questioning that shot selection. I liked all three of his shots. They were in rhythm. Like he looked like a guy who was kind of primed to break out and the shots just didn't fall. So I'm very interested to see from him in particular, how does he carry over kind of the approach and the energy that he brought to this game now to Sunday against Harvard, you know, when you're not playing at Madison Square Garden? You know, I I thought there was a lot more meat on the bone for McKenzie today. The shots just didn't fall. But this, to me, was a step in the right direction, you know, for a freshman that we're all looking to kind of see that light bulb go off. Not good enough, as you said, to play at the end because of those defensive lapses. And we're going to have to deal with that. But eventually, if he's scoring 13, 15 points a game, the defensive lapses, you can live with a few more of those, you know. But you need, you need those shots. Uh, yeah. You know, a
1: somewhat okay three is from him is better than an open three from Walker. Uh, I, I just sorry. Well, shot selection matters. No doubt. Your better players need to take some questionable shots or they're not getting enough, right? And, yeah. and I know the one game McKenzie went one for seven from three. Those are the types of games that we need to have from him. If he is who he, he says or, or he has been, you know, ranked or whatever by the recruiting people, that's the guy you need to be able to take some of those questionable shots, or they're not taking enough. It's an interesting thing in, in coaching too: is you don't, you can't have perfect shot selection, but if there is questionable shot selection, it better come from your better players. Yeah, don't have questionable shot selection, or even sometimes any shot selection from some of your other guys. You're in there to set screens, rebound, and not. There's a reason you're left open. Yeah. The other team wants you to. You know, it'd be better if you just threw the ball out of bounds. The defense can go back and get set than you taking an open three. Now that's, you can't really tell a kid that because you're going to ruin his confidence. But seriously, there are some guys you don't want (laughs) shooting open threes and other guys. Well, yeah, more shots anyway.
0: You and I got in this debate in discord because Anthony Walker took an open three. And I was like, you know, I have no problem with that. You know, he had played really good defense. He earned it. Part of that thinking was I figured at least on open catch and shoot threes he had probably been decent throughout his career, and then I had Tony look it up on Synergy. His open catch and shoot percentage is like eighteen percent, so and that's like a five year track record. So I retract my statement. That was not a good shot. Anthony doesn't need to be taking heat check shots. He needs to just hustle and make plays around the rim. So I relented. You drive ready. that, drive that in, get fouled. Yeah, you get yeah. a chance to make two free throws, which
1: you're pretty good at. You get the team up in the bonus. Like that would be better for him to just go bat out of hell to the rim and dunk it on someone rather than take an open three. Yep. Well, ladies and gentlemen,
0: we are joined once again by Josh Pose. It's Pose, right? Not pause. And I got it all wrong. Yeah, right, all I last get it game. all the time. Yeah. Well, you're a gentleman right. for not correcting me live on the air, but it's my fault, and I apologize <laughs> for getting your name wrong. Uh, Josh Pose, my fellow Chicago White Sox fan. And at times watching Indiana basketball this year has felt like watching the Chicago White Sox, but unlike the White Sox, we're winning games. So, you know, that's fine. Um, Josh, you're, we're we're in the middle of meaningful moments. You know, what were the most meaningful moments uh, to you from this one?
2: I don't know if it's already been said, obviously, I just joined on, but Caleb Banks right before the under four timeout did the best, the best play of the game, no doubt saved Indiana from a loss. You kind of saw the coaching staff start pointing towards the back. They saw it coming. I don't know if he was looking there, but he just reacted. That's a you talking about the one where he was
0: like a free safety and just intercepted the pass? Yeah. Is that the yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah. And that was like a stretch of just like five straight possessions where he's getting rebounds and saving the ball. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. I was, and I, I think I tweeted it. I said, if Indiana comes and wins this game, it's going to be because Caleb Banks made that play. And, and that's really what happened. And I think I tweeted it. If that was the P- banner moment, I, I, I think I'm one for one on guessing banner moments this year. <laughs>
0: so it wasn't the exact one. The one I chose for the banner Wrong. moment was when he made that leaping catch on the sideline and then it led to X getting the yes. oop for Khalel Ware. But it was the very next possession. He went down and made that interception. Yeah. So I mean it was it was that whole sequence from him. I mean, I'm I'm with you. Caleb, and you know, we're going to talk about maybe one of the most difficult game ball Hoosier Hustle awards we've had to do in a while. There's going to be a good argument for Caleb Banks because he made winning plays. Now, he needed scores to help punctuate it, but he just saved and created possessions for a team that desperately needs it. So I'm with you 100%. Anything else? What, any other meaningful moments for you that, you know, that were really important before we start talking numbers?
2: Uh, meaningful moment, not really, but my goodness, uh, there was the Applebee's in Times Square that I passed at 11 a.m. today had more of an atmosphere than whatever was just in Madison Square Garden.
0: Yeah, it seemed kind of dead. Oh, um,
2: well, not kind of. It, it, was, it was bad. And the, and the get loud meter came up. No one, no one said anything. <laughs> wow. We had the Purdue game. We had other games on the monitor. We, <laughs> we were struggling up there, me and Emma were at times. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was I, one
0: of those games. Yeah, it was yeah. two moribund programs, Indiana and Louisville, you know, <laughs> who would, you know, who would Oof. think you get those two programs there in Madison Square Garden. But with the way Indiana's played and how Louisville's been and it's kind of a midday thing and it's a Monday, it's kind of understandable why why that would be like that. Gentlemen, let's talk numbers in our number segment brought to you by Jackson Hewitt Tax Services. If you live in Bloomington or the surrounding areas and you want your taxes done right, contact our friend and Chat Mob Hall of Famer Megan Mahaffey and her team in Bloomington, Bedford, and Martinsville by calling 812-339-3334 or by visiting jacksonhewitt.com. And, you know, I made a joke about how there's more threes in the telephone number than Indiana makes in a game. And it happened again as we only made one three and there were five in the number. It's a line of humor. I would really like to retire. I don't want to have to keep making this joke. And yet the team just continues to not make threes. So we can start with that number. You know, Indiana only won for 11. I thought they got a lot of good looks. They just missed them. And, you know, when it was when it was winning time there at the end and they're going to their bread and butter, like we know what this team's identity is. They are going to play inside go through Malik Renew. right now. That's what works, but long-term coach shooting 23.4% from three point range and only taking 26% of your shots from three. Now, I suppose if you're going to shoot that poorly, then limiting it, you know, maybe smart at some point, but eventually, I mean, you got to get more production from the three point line. So Indiana once again, found a way to beat a not very good team without doing it. It's just not sustainable. And so, you know, Trey got open ones, just missed them. McKenzie got some good looks, just missed them. But that obviously has to get better. But the number that I want to start with, seven blocks, eight steals, coach, for Indiana. Getting back to creating havoc defensively, saving and creating possessions, which is one of the ways that you counter not being able to shoot well from three. And I just thought, you know, that was A, in part because Caleb Banks was a one-man wrecking crew. And because for most of the game, I thought Indiana had a lot of activity. You know, that second unit, especially when they first came in in the first half, Anthony Walker, Peyton Sparks, getting deflections, you know, getting steals all over the place. That was nice to see. That has to be a consistent part of what this team does. I don't remember the exact numbers against Wright State and UConn, but they weren't that high. 15 stocks. That's, a you know, steals plus blocks. That's an important number for this team because it has to be part of the formula for winning.
1: Yeah, I, I mentioned it earlier. I thought they, they stayed closer uh to their guys uh three point lines and they used their hands in gaps and trying to deflect balls and uh I, I think that helps a, a little bit. Uh I, I again the zone defense w- was a good move, but defensively and until this team figures out how to hit three pointers, if they can, if they have players on the team that can. If not, you're just gonna have to throw it into Malik and Khalil all, all night long. Um if you don't have the players who can who can hit. But you got to hang your hat on defense. And we've said it over and over, and you hear this all the time with coaches, your offense can come and go, uh, but if your defense is steady, it can win basketball games. And Indiana had given up a lot of three-point opportunities and offensive rebounds, and they don't win this game with the effort defensively they had in the first four games. So whatever magic elixir they did overnight in New York, they played a lot better defense. Again, it's against a Louisville team that hasn't played very well. They played well against Texas. Uh, but they had lost to Chattanooga and some other things. So I, it's not something to really get excited about, but in evaluating this one game, which is what we do, and, and, and some of those people, I love all 600 people in the chat mob. you got to realize that we're not like talking about the whole season. We're talking about this game. <laughs> I thought there were some key moments defensively. The blocks and steal stats do, does represent that and, and put Indiana in a position to win this
0: game. One other important stat, you know, we talk about the rebounding. You go back and look at the UConn game. Khalil Ware led Indiana with eight. Indiana had one other guy with three rebounds or more. That was Malik Renu with three. In today's game against Louisville, Indiana has X with four, Khalil with seven, Malik with three, Trey with four, Anthony Walker with seven, Caleb with eight, Peyton Sparks with three. So you have however many that is, seven or eight guys with three or more rebounds. That's what it should look like. Team rebounding coach, you talked about some of the defensive adjustments, but there was clearly more attention paid to going and getting rebounds. Don't wait for them to come to you. Go get them. Be physical with a guy if you need to, which is, you know, guys like Peyton Sparks just do that naturally. But you saw that more with guys, and that's going to be huge. You know, Indiana was one of only two teams in the country, one of the only two power conference teams in the country entering today, 300th or worse in both offensive and defensive rebounding percentage. The other one's DePaul. You never want any statistic where it's you and DePaul. You really don't want to be in that statistic. Uh, Indiana, because of the work they did on the offensive glass today, now all the way up to two forty-one in defensive rebounding percentage. The offensive rebounding percentage still lagging behind. But Josh, that was you know just a it was a huge emphasis, and Indiana came through against a Louisville team that actually has been pretty good at rebounding. So that was encouraging to see. What other numbers? Talk about that one or other numbers that that stood out to you.
2: I mean, just a specific player on the numbers there is Anthony Walker. I said yesterday it was alarming how how non-existent he was in yesterday's ball game today. he was fantastic from the jump as soon as he got off the bench, he lit this fire it was It was Walker and Sparks that really no pun intended lit the spark and lit a fire under the team in, in thirty I think thirty bench points today and. It was really good to see Anthony Walker five for five from the line. He showed his athleticism today. Uh, the, the rebounds were fantastic. The, the passing was no assist, but he was, he was very active. And when Louisville went into that zone, a lot of, a lot of players like to panic. A lot of guys that don't get a ton of minutes panic. He got right to the high post, knew what he, he had to do. He followed the ball and went really well high-low. And when you have a guy in the middle that can play that middle uh, bumper position—I uh, just used a hockey term—I'm very sorry. I'm I'm in the the Rangers arena. Um, you, you can't break the zone because that makes or breaks your zone offense. That guy in that free throw line position.
0: Yeah, it's a great
1: point, Josh. You you bring up Anthony Walker. I thought you know I was kind of half joking about his shot. I thought he hunts shots a little too much for me. But other than that, he was terrific today. So I want to make sure I comment, like his hustle, his cutting on one out-of-bounds play, I think, um, you know, that zone play was absolutely how you play the high post in the zone. And passing, the one, he made a great pass, I think, into the post that ended up in a foul. You don't get an official mm-hmm. assist for that, but it was a really good wrap around good angle, threw it to the right spot. Uh, I think it was Khalil uh, that got it and was able to go up and get fouled, or maybe it was renewed. But a lot of people can't pass these days uh, in the post. I So, you know, after four games of struggle for Anthony Walker, he sure had a day. Um, and and I would just say, be patient on the offense there, uh, Anthony. Do do all those other great athletic things that you did tonight. Just be a little bit patient on on pulling that trigger on the deep ones.
2: Even if it's a a two-dribble... Up. I mean, he he had that room yeah. to pull yeah. up. I mean, it, it's kind of like what we see with CJ Gunn sometimes. He takes that one or two dribble, step into the shot. Obviously, it doesn't always go in for CJ, but I would like to see him step in just inside the arc and see what could happen there because they're giving him room. Well, for good reason, obviously, but maybe take that space, take a little bit of that space and try to make the mid-range jumper.
0: Yeah coach any other numbers that jump out for you
1: just general i think indiana will be better offensively when they have high assists and they had 18 assists i'd still like to see that higher you'd like to you know be 2 to 1 but 18 out of 24 makes a lot better than the other night when the ball sticks and is is dribbled too much Indiana's not as effective i think as that ball moves it doesn't mean you can't play isolation ball get that ball moving back and forth don't do that weave too much i'm not a big fan of that weave stuff but get the ball popping and then drive a closeout and then if someone helps throw the alley-oop or kick out for three the best play that x made was when he i think he got in transition he drove down the left baseline and he hit C.J., and then C.J. could have shot the three. And In fact, I wanted him to take that three, but he drove the closeout. So yeah. you had one drive followed by a second drive. That is modern basketball. We just don't see enough of that kind of stuff. C.J. went in, powered it in for, for, for a layup. Um, but assists matter because that means the ball's moving and players are moving, and that's where you'll get more three opportunities and maybe the threes will, will fall in. I, I just don't like the stagnant. Offense, uh, as, as much as as what we do, I would like to see more of that. That play represents uh, one of those. I, I'm not sure you get an assist. What is it? One dribble, two dribbles before you get an assist. But still, it was if it wasn't an assist, it was a hockey assist, a play that led to a basket. Um, and, and that's X at his best when X is going in with some sort of control, um, and and looking to score. But if the score's not there, making that decision early and and getting out. He had five assists today. But I think a lot of them came late uh, in the, in that late stretch. But the number of assists uh, – a number that I was glad to see today headed in yeah. the right direction.
0: You know, and on CJ, the outside shot still isn't really falling. He did hit the one mid-range, but continues to find a way to be productive going to the basket. You know, and I don't think he was as good today as he was against UConn. His defense was not nearly as good today as it was against UConn. But, you know, those six points from him are important. And I think he's he found a way in New York to be a productive scorer off the bench – without hitting shots that's a good first step for him the shooting eventually has to come i promise i won't keep saying shoot at cj if it's the middle of his junior year and he's never making them but i still think there are reasons to believe in him as an offensive player you know here early uh in his sophomore season i thought we saw some of those signs in new york this week um all right gentlemen let's move on here to our final segment we're going to hand out our game balls still don't know who's getting mine we'll hand out our hoosier hustle award discuss a lingering question or two And then look ahead to what's next for Indiana. That is all here on The Assembly Call. Stick with us. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, indeed.com slash match terms and conditions apply need to hire you need
1: indeed
2: vr training platforms like the one developed by fundamental vr and orbis international are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients as you practice each skill the muscle memory starts to develop learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact um. ethan happ and i never listen to the assembly call especially the episodes that ryan is on
0: well thank you ethan we appreciate that you are listening to the assembly call iu post game show i'm jared morris here with coach brian Tonsoni and our buddy josh pose who is our student intern one of our student interns for this year uh was out in new york at the empire classic so giving us some good uh commentary from being there in the arena we appreciate that We are breaking down Indiana's eight-point victory over Louisville, and it is time now for our Game Balls. Presented by our friends Allie and James at Bloom Environmental, as we enter the colder months and begin to stay indoors a bit more, they want to make sure everyone knows about radon, a colorless, odorless, radioactive gas that is the leading cause of lung cancer in non-smokers. It enters buildings through cracks and gaps in the foundation and through service pipes of homes contact bloom environmental today mention the assembly call and get a free radon test kit and mitigation estimate you can learn more at bloomenviro.com. all right guys well this i think this is one of the tougher game balls we've had certainly this season it may be in a long time uh, and because i'm the host i'm going to use that position to just totally cop <laughs> out and go to you guys first and then you know see what you guys say before i give mine because i still don't know where i'm going so coach we'll go to you first
1: yeah, throughout the game I had three different game ball uh <laughs> yeah. you know choices. Uh I'm not sure I you know, I'll probably get booed off the stage in the chat mob, but that's okay. Um twenty years of coaching of I'm chat used to mob. that. You know that you're the people I'm host used to coach. that. Yeah. <laughs> people's host. The guy said we couldn't pronounce Khalil. I, I had to bite my lip. <laughs> we checked with the S I D. Some some guy in the chat. i he goes, I'll subscribe. I'll subscribe when you can pronounce Khalil. Well you know it's what Khalil. it's a hard name. It's Khalil, right?
0: That's what it that's what IU told me. That's what the S I D so you it, yeah. know
1: I'll send you $4.99 or whatever. You can subscribe then, buddy. Anyway, um I don't like Karen. I'm going uh, Yeah. That's right. Um don't get me fired up, chat mob. Anyway, uh I'm you gonna go with dumbass. Malik Renew. <laughs> uh yeah. I'm going to go with Malik because uh, he he won the game. They went to him in the last three and a half minutes. We were down three, and I thought he really handled adversity within the game. And it's something we talk about as coaches all the time. You're never going to play a perfect game. Officials aren't going to call fair fouls, or you're going to get in foul trouble. Are you ready to contribute when you get off that bench and get back on? And I thought he had moments where he struggled with that, but when it, it come down to crunch time, that ball went into him. There was no stopping him, and he was able to be the offense that we needed Uh, I think there's some other, I I won't even share who else I was going to. I'll see what you guys do because I think there were at least two others that were very deserved, maybe three others that were deserving for consideration of the way uh, it was kind of balanced in today's game.
0: Yeah. Josh, who gets your game ball?
2: This was incredibly tough. Just watching, first of all, just watching that game. I don't know how you guys did it with having other channels at your disposal. Um, (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to go with, caleb banks i mean obviously he did the the things that didn't show up on the stat sheet except for rebound but three assists um was fantastic and malik played all right i just don't think he played a full f- whatever he i think he, he played 20 minutes caleb banks played 25 and caleb banks really picked this team up so it, it has to be caleb banks for me despite only four points on one of two shooting and two of four from the free throw line.
0: It is tough coach. You made really good points on Malik, you know, and I think that ability to deal with adversity for a young player is a great sign. He didn't let the foul trouble take him out of the game. And when Indiana needed him late, he was there to be that rock. And so I, that's a great argument for him. (laughs) As much as I said earlier about Xavier Johnson and as uneven as his play was, I think you can make it a case for X hitting all those free throws late, the plays that he made down the stretch, You know, ultimately, your senior point guard is going to be judged in winning or losing time. And X did come through in winning time. There was just enough inconsistency there that I can't give it to him. Josh, I'm going with you, man. I'm giving it to Caleb Banks. And look, we tend to grade on a curve with role players and starters, you know. And so the starters, you know, they've got to kind of do more. Like if Malik Renu came off the bench and played 20 minutes and scored 12 points and was that guy at the end of the game, we'd probably be giving it to him. You know, but there's a little bit of a difference. And I think for Caleb, the 25 minutes he played, I mean, we have, have we said his full stat line, four points, eight rebounds, two offensive, three assists, three blocks, three steals. And again, just the possessions that he created and saved for Indiana were such a huge part of X and Malik being able to do what they did. And so just given how big of a focus rebounding was, given how big of a focus coming back and playing Indiana style defense was, I mean Caleb was as locked into what Indiana was doing for his full time on the court as anybody, I thought. And he played his role as consistently well as anybody. So even though he didn't have the point production and wasn't the guy hitting the free throws at the end, I thought he played his role better than anybody. So I'm gonna go with you. I will I certainly think there are arguments to the contrary and I won't try and argue if you're going to say somebody else but I'm I'm going Caleb as well. I thought his performance was he, bad. Here's why
1: he, here's why, you know, this will be Josh's last show, but it was a good point anyway. Um <laughs> No, uh, <laughs> jeez. No, he uh he sparked the team when he came in when um Mbaco got two fouls cuz you could just my yeah. body language was bad. Everyone's like, "Man, we want to get this kid going." He he was out there hustling, Embako was and you get two fouls, and you know he's going to have to to sit and there was you know he he came in and just on the stats weren't there but his energy and his juice and the way he played even in that stretch of time uh yeah i i can i can see it that was one of the of the three that i had
0: gone gone through my mind in, in selecting it so and look he would be a shoe in for the hustle award if he didn't win the game ball but again i mean sometimes just that hustle and the the plays that you make from your activity are so important that it warrants the game ball. So that was a, a fun debate. Sometimes it's just, you know, Hey, this guy was great. He had the most points and rebounds and it's easy. Um, it's fun sometimes to have an open one and look in the chat mob. I mean, there was a lot of votes for Malik and, and some others in there too. Um, so, that's why I love yeah. the chat mob. That's
2: see. They
0: always go with you coach.
2: They I've go heard through. some mean things these last 48 hours walking in the streets of New York, but I think that one I took to heart the most, Coach.
1: <laughs> oh, the one I said on air or what I texted you? Both. You said them both. <laughs> <laughs> Just in different ways, huh?
0: Uh, oh, that's funny. Um, and look, you know, Quang is right, you know, saying Malik won the game for us. but You don't win the game without Malik with Malik's production and X's free throws down the stretch. They did. No argument there. Um, You know, it's a a tough one, but that's a good problem to have. You want guys having that much impact late in a a winnable game. That's how you're going to win more of them. Okay, Hoosier Hustle time.
2: Hi, this is Anthony Leal, and it's time for the Hoosier Hustle Award. But first, I have some exciting news to share about our friends at Evansville Security Services, they've been acquired. They are now part of the team at Security Pro 24-7, which provides trusted and reliable security for your event or business, from Bloomington, my hometown, to Evansville, where Coach Calvert Chaney grew up, and everything in between. Just like hustle can't be measured by stats, prevention can't be measured either, but it has a huge impact on your bottom line and peace of mind. So let the Security Pros at Security Pro 24-7 help you prevent a bad outcome today. Visit securitypro247.com to learn more. That's securitypro247.com. And tell them Anthony Leo sang it.
0: We will tell them, Anthony. Thank you for that. All right, guys, hustle award. I will say, you know, one guy that we haven't talked a lot about yet today is Peyton Sparks. Um, And I think Peyton Sparks, I'm not saying he's going to get my hustle award. I'll I'll go to you guys first on that. But I do just want to point this out because he has gotten lost in the shuffle a little bit. But nine points, three boards, had a block. He provided the kind of just toughness and fight that we didn't see as much against UConn. And you know when Malik and Khalil Ware were struggling with fouls, Peyton came in and was productive. And coach, when Peyton Sparks came here and people were like, why are we taking an up transfer from Ball State and this guy can't shoot free throws and he's kind of a one-trick offensive pony, what benefit is he going to provide? It's not going to be game in, game out. It's going to be games like today where guys are in foul trouble and you need a lift of physicality and toughness. And he comes in and provides exactly that and then is able to convert, you know, his five shots into nine points. You know, this is why he was here and he was a huge part of winning. So I want to make sure we talk about that because it was an important part of the win, whether he gets the Hustle Award or not. Because, frankly, there's a lot of guys you can go with here, too, because a lot of guys on Indiana played hard. uh, But Peyton Sparks was certainly one of them. Uh, So, Josh, why don't you lead us off here for Hustle Award?
2: Ooh, this this might be harder than the game ball, but I have it between two guys right now. Um, both of these guys played without fouling, played really well. It's Anthony Walker and Peyton Sparks. I was very low on Anthony Walker yesterday. I'm very high on him and his hustle on the defensive end and on the offensive end. Today, he was making plays without the ball offensively. He was getting in front of the ball, moving his feet very well on defense. So he's my hustle award winner today. I know the chat mob had says otherwise, but I'm I'm gonna go with loves my gut today. They do, yes. I've, I've they almost convinced me. But Anthony Walker, I don't know if he watches this podcast, but uh, I think he heard what I said on here. Last, yes, last night.
0: <laughs> Please, Anthony Walker, tell okay. me that you have better things to do than <laughs> listen to this podcast <laughs> in New York. Of all places, we got, we got problems yeah. if he's listening to this. Podcast. He had a hard time getting to sleep. <laughs>
1: yeah
0: us see what those guys some content. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, coach, who gets your hustle award?
1: Sparks. Um, love just him. love the way he played. I love the fact that he got out on fast breaks and got a couple dunks. Uh, I don't know if he ran faster than everyone or kind of started out a little bit ahead of someone. Uh, but you know, I think Sparks needs for me needs to be recognized because he's going to do those things every night. I have no doubt. I have confidence in him contributing those hustles, plays, the rebounds. You know, he doesn't really need to score a, an awful lot, but man, Walker deserves recognition for it. Banks deserves recognition uh, for it as well. You already got the game ball, so by our rules, he's he's out. But those three, uh, I, I thought, really, really played the type of basketball we want from guys coming off the bench. And it's really a hard thing to, to, to select, but I'm going to go sparks because I thought he really uh, continues to do uh, what, what he needs to do and and can
0: impact in in many ways that way. I'll tell you another guy that I think should be mentioned is Trey Galloway. And I know he's kind of graduated out of the hustle award conversation because he's a starter and we count on him for more and he didn't play well offensively. I get all of that. But his 32 minutes, there was a lot of hustle out there from him. Um, so I'm not going to give him the award. I just wanted to recognize him. I want to give this award to Sparks, but I entered this game hyper-focused on rebounding. And so I am defaulting to the guys who rebounded more. Caleb Banks had eight. Anthony Walker had seven. That is 15 rebounds off the bench. And I just thought Walker's energy was so big, um, You know, especially in that first half, everything that he did, I'm going. I'm going with Walker. That's where I promised. I this is where I was going to go. This is where I was leaning before you guys made your picks. Um, but but honestly, for me, I just I thought rebounding has been so bad, and Coach Woodson made such an emphasis of it that you're getting extra credit from me if you came out and rebounded today. And so for Caleb Banks to get eight and twenty-five minutes and Walker to get seven and twenty, that's huge. And it wasn't because reboundings rebounds were just falling to them. They were attacking rebounds, playing hard. Um, so I'm going to give mine to uh, to Walker. But fully acknowledging that on a normal night this was a hustle award for Sparks. But again, you had a, the whole bench. I mean, they just played their butts off the whole time they were in there, which is why they were so impactful. So good. The best games are when we have arguments about the game balls and hustle award because there's a lot of guys doing good things. So Sparks
1: had three rebounds in not in 14 minutes. If you stretch that out to 20,
0: I'm just saying. No, yeah, do the, it's do the math, Coach. What's that going to
1: come out? Well, yeah, for? yeah, it's close. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I see this guy Jack, and, and he's in a chat. I don't recognize his name, but he's the smartest guy right now. Coach was correct on both awards. That's damn right, Jack.
0: Look, okay, so here, it's, says, it's just the way. It, yeah, and and Jared says Trey had a rough, rough game. He did. He did not play well offensively. But the hustle award is supposed to take into account other things. And I just, you know, for a guy like Trey, it still matters that he goes out there and busts his ass for 32 minutes, even when he's struggling offensively. That was the only point I was making. I'm not giving it to him, but I do think it's still worthy of, uh, worthy of mention. Um, All right. Lingering question time. Coach, is there a lingering question? I mean, I think we know some of the obvious ones. When is this team going to get more production out of its backcourt? When, if, you know, is this team ever going to get more production from the three-point line? you know, we can at least put the rebounding conversation to bed for one night because the, it was better tonight. So I think, you know, you have to hope that some of the things that we saw are better moving forward. What is maybe a lingering question in your mind that we haven't talked about through the first five games? Well, it's a
1: combination of all of that, really. And I'll just say, when is this team going to consistently play at a at a level that can compete with your best opponents? Because they. They haven't. It's been this one or two guys one night and this one or two against lesser competition. uh, And we've been fortunate to win those games. And that's not good enough going into the stretch of play we're about to enter in a a week or two. So are we going to get – when are they going to fall into who they are? You know, Walker has four tough games, has a good game. What's it going to be in the Harvard game? You know, know, if we went through and said who is the most consistent player, it's going to be Renew – where, and then maybe sparks uh, in doing what they're supposed to be doing. And so that's the lingering questions. What does it take? Is it a little change of scheme, a little change of rotation from the coaching standpoint? Is it more attention to detail and focus from the players? But the answers need to be in order to win in the Big Ten, you can't play like you did in the first five games. So the lingering question is when does all of that start clicking um and we just can't play 10 minutes 12 minutes maybe 22 minutes in some games you just you know there's a lot of reasons why it's happening guys because of all the talent but you also see some teams you know UConn has a bunch of new guys in too and lost you know Sonogo and their shooting guard and their point guard and they're number five in the country so while I do understand it takes time to gel this is way below average expectations. And so the lingering question for me is when do we get to an average level of play that we expected? And then can we even boost up at some point in the year to the highest of the expectations that all, that some of us had for, for this team, when is it going to happen and what does it take? Does it take
0: more zone? You
1: know, those things uh, we'll have to see here coming up in the next week or two.
0: You know, Coach, one of the things that's probably changed the most about how we analyze and discuss basketball over the last 10 to 15 years is the introduction of analytics. I know some people like them, some people don't, you know, but what they allow us to do, especially early in the season, is try to compare really incomparable records. You know, Indiana is 4-1, and but what does that mean? Because it's based on you know who you've played, and if we're trying to predict how well you're going to do moving forward, well, just whether you win or lost isn't always the most predictive thing. How did you play on a possession by possession basis? That's what Ken Palm does. That's what Bart Torvik does. All these different sites. Just to add a little context to what you just said, Indiana is currently 80th in Ken Palm after opening the season at 50th. So we're four and one, but we've dropped 30 spots because we've played in comparison to the analytical expectation not as good. Now. As we've always said, you got to wait until January for these things to normalize. There's some last year stuff in there; they can be a little bit noisy. But to be 80th, do you know the last time Indiana was that low in Ken Palm? Do you remember? Had what to be in one of Crean's first, 2011, 2010. No. no, it was actually it was actually in Archie's first season. So Indiana okay. ended the year I think 71st, but at one point in the middle of the year they actually dropped to 100 before improving toward the end of the season. But it was in the middle of Archie's first season was the last time Indiana was 80th. Now, does this team have a lot more potential to improve than that team did? Of course, because the talent level is totally different, all of that. But as a snapshot in time, if you're wondering why some Indiana fans aren't just jumping for joy simply because we're 4-1, and it's because of that reason. There is bad basketball being played inside of these games that has to get better or those predictive metrics aren't going to be good. And those predictive metrics are going to start predicting wins and losses a lot more than they have simply because of the schedule that Indiana has played. And that is kind of the the struggle of this right now, right, Josh? You know, the cognitive dissonance of, hey, we're four and one. We're winning some of these games. Yeah, but we're not playing well. And if we play like this against the rest of our schedule, we're going to lose a lot of games. That's not always easy to handle, but, you know, that's why sometimes... Uh, You know, and you just see fans handle that differently. But to coach's point, when are we going to actually start playing? I mean, not like the 80th team. Let's just get back to our preseason record of 50th, which is a bubble team. And then the expectation is to start, you know, playing even better than that. So any other lingering questions for you, Josh? I mean, feel free to talk about that or any other lingering questions that are on your mind.
2: Yeah, my lingering question is how often will we see that zone? I I really think Indiana against teams, I wouldn't say Louisville is more athletic than them by any stretch of the imagination, but more athletic teams, like we'll see in big 10 conference play, or even uh, the end of that, uh, the end of December where Auburn, uh, Kansas, I think Michigan's on that, on that ledger. Uh, You're going to have to maybe play some zone and, and make them beat you from outside because there's times and Woodson said this in,
1: Oh, yep, yeah, we
2: lost you, Josh. You hear me now? Yep. I think there there there's times where the defense just laps in, on the inside. So I think make teams beat you from the outside and maybe start the Harvard game in that zone to see if they can shoot you out of it. Granted, they're not a, they're not gonna be as big as uh UConn or Louisville was, but I think at some point you got to go there sooner rather than later before you get too far behind.
1: The key thing with that zone and Josh, you make a good point. The key reason why you would do something like that is I think we're having trouble containing the dribble and the ball screen. Uh, and, And we're getting caught up in that ball screen. And if, And then that's where the nail slot rim is good because you're sitting there ready to accept that dribbler. But the kickout is giving up threes. And then today they stayed closer to the shooter. And then you come off that ball screen and you get access to the rim. And then we go to block a shot and we're not cracking down and you're giving up rebounds or or dump downs. So if we're having trouble guarding, which is surprising to me with our perimeter uh, defenders out there, if we're having trouble, the reason that zone worked uh, you worry about oh my gosh we, we can't guard the three we're playing zone they're going to shoot more threes no they're not penetrating at all they're just it forced Louisville to stand and they had no reaction to it and uh, they got one one alley oop or one play inside and that was about it and that that's why so if we you know if the analysis from the coaching staff is we can't guard ball screens well we can't do that I do think you'll see a lot more of that
2: zone it's way too much switching when they're playing man. It, it becomes an issue when you're switching. And it's not that Indiana has an, like a height issue. It's the guys like Malik Renew who are going to have to guard a, a two guard and they'll just get beat right off the dribble and then it becomes a foul where Renu already struggles with keeping himself on the floor due to foul trouble. Yeah. It's because he's he put in a bad position when you're switching everything.
0: I think we should just pick the defense that always works. That doesn't have <laughs> that doesn't have any uh anything that you're giving up, you know? <laughs> The one that doesn't have, you, you know. <laughs> that's a strategy.
1: Play the winning defense.
0: <laughs> yes. That's the Play one. that
1: one, Coach Woodson.
0: Which hey, he did today. Goes against his principles. Oh, he was spot he on, man. He, he, because you had to Indiana win.
1: doesn't win that game.
0: Doesn't no. win that game without the zone. Yep. And boy right, that- so, as we look ahead here to what's next, we've got a long break. Uh, over Thanksgiving break, we are not going to have Assembly Call Radio on Thursday because obviously it is Thanksgiving. There's a chance we may do a show between now and then if something happens or you know we're all together like on a Friday. It's possible. Uh, we'll obviously let you know on Twitter and on the Substack if we're and in Discord if we're going to do that. But the next scheduled show is Sunday. That's when Indiana plays Harvard. Andy usually does our scouting reports and coach. I don't know how much you know about Harvard, but I will say this: entering the season, that was supposed to be one of our "quote unquote" cupcake games. They were ranked 227 in Kempom entering the season through five games. They've played well enough against expectations to be ranked 138 right now. So they're basically ranked higher than Florida Gulf Coast and Wright State under coach Tommy Amaker. So I haven't seen them play. I don't know how good they are. They play Colgate on Wednesday. So they have, you know, one game between now and then, Um, but they're better than expected and they're, the kind of team right in that 140s where Louisville has been and Wright State's been and Florida Gulf Coast has been where you know Indiana's winning these games by six to eight points rather than winning them going away, I think it's safe to assume, Coach, that'll probably be how this game is, unless this Indiana team kind of turns a corner and figures something out. But it's a game Indiana should win, but it's not a game Indiana's going to win unless they play well. Um, you know, So I don't know if you know anything else about them.
1: No, I, it, it's just right now it's about Indiana more than anything, yeah. you know, figuring out what, what lineups, what we do best, fixing the fundamentals. Um, you know, we have just as many concerns now after game five as, as we do, you know, and I sent you the record of our, our first three opponents. It wasn't, yeah. I think it's one and 12. One and 12. Um, <laughs> you know, so, um, <laughs> you know, and then you had Louisville getting beat by Chattanooga, you know, we, we really, we haven't beaten anyone yet. So if this is the toughest, non you know, non Yukon game, we better be ready to go in five or six days.
0: Here's the one thing I know about them. So let this lead you off into your Thanksgiving on a happy note. They are shooting 41% from three point range, which is 16th in the country. Great. And they're getting 35% of their points from three point range which is uh, in the top 100. So it's the exact profile of the, a team kind of down here that's probably going to chuck a bunch of threes because they don't have a ton of size. They have a 6'10 guy and a 6'8 guy, but they want to shoot threes. So our defense better be ready for that. So we will see. We will see. Anyway, go check out our friends at Homefield Apparel, homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code Black Friday to get 20% off your order. If you go after Black Friday, Home 2-3 will get you 15% off your first order. Gentlemen, it is time for last call. Josh, let's get your closing thoughts on an Indiana victory.
2: It was an Indiana victory that didn't feel like a victory because we all had to sit there and watch that. Um, but it was fantastic. You're
0: too to young see. to be this jaded about getting to watch basketball at Madison Square Garden. Josh,
2: come on! I, it, it felt like a chore at, at certain during certain segments of the game. It felt more like a chore. And uh, uh, also there was no one there to like experience the atmosphere of Madison square garden. Um, I'm hoping you and Emma and
0: your voices are just echoing while the play is going
2: on. You could hear the ball dribble. You you heard every bounce. You could even hear coaches speaking in the early parts of the game. I mean, it was honestly one of the coolest things um, that I've seen is like, you're in this big arena but you're like listening to these coaches and 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 the adjustments they're making and, and what they're saying. It was actually kind of cool. Um. So, and yes, hey. Joe McClellan, Uh yeah. I you can. go. Yeah. Joe, Joe says he'll I'd do I'd your love...
0: chores next
2: time. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> hey, you know if he thinks that that's a chore, he ought to do one of our postseason, our our off season July, where we're just struggling for things to talk about, right? <laughs> Uh, there's nothing my, cool my last, last call. listeners
0: love more than listening to podcasters complain about podcasting it's always great <laughs> yeah <content>.
1: uh, <laughs> I, i'm gonna i'm very thankful that anything got the win obviously again four and one without playing well is a lot better than what it could be and we were in some close ones there have been some big schools that have lost games uh you know virginia loses by 24 today to wisconsin you know uh, there are losses uh we need to play better it's not good right now uh, but it is Indiana basketball. And, and then I'm going to end with this. I'm just thankful for the Assembly Call community, uh, for for Josh, Jared, and Andy, Ryan, and everyone associated uh, with the Back Home Network. Uh, please take some time to be thankful yourself. Uh, you know, a couple years ago I had a health scare. You all bring uh, joy, uh, e- even those of you that don't think we pronounce Khalil where bring me some kind of joy. And And, and seriously, the people that I've met, uh, it's a time to be thankful. We have a lot of a lot of negativity in the world today, a lot of grievances in the world. So please, I just challenge you all to uh, take some time to be thankful, uh, to send a note to those people who have really uh, impacted you, uh, and be an energy giver here in the next three or four days instead of energy takers, uh, because uh, we we all need some happiness, and you all mean the world to me. Uh, I, I can't tell you how much it, it is to sit here and talk basketball, even in a, in a tough game. Uh, so let's keep rooting on, uh, the Hoosiers and uh, thank you for everyone for what you have given this old fart, uh, in, in the last five or six years. I appreciate it.
0: So well said coach, by the way, I saw Howie in the chat said the players suggested the zone in a late huddle was not Woodson's idea. So I haven't, I haven't been able to watch the press conferences or anything. Um, so that'll be interesting to to go see. Maybe it was. If so, credit to those guys, but also credit to Woodson for listening to him. And you can give an idea to a head coach, it doesn't mean he has to take it, because ultimately the buck stops with him. Um, coach, I just want to echo your thoughts. You know, the team's not playing as well as we want right now. We're winning. That's all great. You know, what really matters is that we all get to come together here and talk after the games and gather together as a community here and in Substack and in Discord. And I'm thankful for the players and the coaches and how hard they work and all the sacrifices that the coaches make, you know, to go out there and put a product on the floor that I know we all want it to be better. Um, but you know what? It gives us a reason and a purpose to all come here together. Uh, and that, to me, has always been the most important part about what we do. Uh, you know, it's just a little more fun when the team is playing better. So, you know, and I want that for them. I mean, honestly, you, you know, I mean, they these guys put so much into it uh, the family sacrificed so much, you know, which I know from, you know, growing up with my dad coaching college football, uh, and that stuff is easy to forget. And so I, I want them to win and play better as much for us to have winning basketball to talk about on the assembly call, but as much for them to be rewarded, uh, for, you know, for their efforts. Um, and so it was nice to see them get a win today. Uh, you know, losing this game, coming back from New York, owing to two would have just been, I mean, really disastrous, you know, for a lot of different reasons. Not unrecoverable, but it would have really dug this program a big hole that it just doesn't need right now. And so you win this game, you avert that, you do enough things that I think you can keep having faith in the potential for this team. uh, And that's the most important thing to come out of today. So take a few days away, spend it with our families, then hopefully we come back on Sunday and some of the growth that we saw today we see even more against Harvard and starts to propel Indiana forward for the tough schedule that awaits after that. All right. That'll do it for us on this edition of the assembly call. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assembly call. And don't forget to go to substack.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson for the music you hear on the show. Special thank you to John Ringer of rigdesign.com for designing our logo and thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU Hoops again with you on Sunday. Until then.
1: Take it from me, Christian Wafford. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. Go Hoosiers.
0: All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out.
1: Here I come, Mr. Sony.